Could Adley Rutschman upset Julio Rodriguez for the AL Rookie of the Year? Is Scott Service a lock for Manager of the Year? All that and more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. It is Thursday, September 8th, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms with new episodes dropping every Monday through Friday. I am your host, Sidon Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week. Again, that is patreon.com forward slash control the zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. On the show today, is Julio Rodriguez in jeopardy of losing the American League Rookie of the Year? After we answer that, we'll tell you why Scott Service is a no-brainer for Manager of the Year. And finally, we'll wrap things up by looking at the future of Mitch Hanniger in Seattle. Will he stay or go this offseason? We'll give you our thoughts on that a little later on. But before we get into our first topic of the show... Quick reminder of a special project that we are doing here on the Locked On Mariners podcast that we announced on yesterday's episode. But if you missed it, we are asking you to be a part of a very special episode of Locked On Mariners later this month by submitting a video of yourself about 45 seconds to a minute long explaining what the Mariners making the playoffs would mean to you. So please start out the video by saying your name, how long you've been a Mariners fan, and then telling us what the Mariners finally ending this 20-year playoff drought would mean to you. Email your submissions over at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com by Friday, September 16th, and uh, you're in. So with that, let's get into our first topic. It seemed as if Julio Rodriguez was cruising to the AL Rookie of the Year award, but Adley Rutschman... Baltimore Orioles catcher who, yes, we forgot to mention during our catcher discussion, talking about Cal Raleigh the other day, has just continued to produce. He has basically caught Julio Rodriguez in Fangraph's war. He's at 4F4 flat. Julio is at 4.2. But Julio, of course, started the year at the major league level. Adley didn't make his debut until May 21st, which honestly makes what his what he's been able to do even more impressive given the shorter amount of time. But is that enough to put him over the hump uh, against Julio here in the Rookie of the Year race, Colby? I don't think so. Uh, kind of the one thing that's kind of working in Julio's favor, and, and this type of thing shouldn't really matter, but it kind of does. Uh, the Mariners are set to end their 20-year playoff drought. Uh, Julio was an all-star. Julio you know, put on the show at the home run derby. Um, and he is inarguably the best player on a team that's, you know, going to the playoffs and, and Baltimore is probably not. So it's one of those things where it's like, do voters weigh that there's different voters for rookie of the year than there are MVP. So it's a little, you know, up in the air, but I do think that's something that's going to help Julio in the long run. 
Um, you know, I think it's also worth noting that while the while you look at the ratio numbers are, are pretty close, um, and you know, Oriole fans would be quick to point out that well, Adley's done that in a lot less time than Julio. That's kind of not the argument you think it is because the league has had an opportunity to adjust to Julio and Julio has had to adjust to the league. The league really hasn't made their final adjustments to Adley yet. They still quite don't know what to do with him. So um, it's one of those things where Julio has played so long that he has had to work through some struggles. Adley really hasn't yet. So it's one of those things where you sit here and you say, well, you know, Julio or Adley's played in 30 less games than Julio. I mean, obviously he's been better in, in a shorter amount of time. It's, well, he hasn't been better. And again, the shorter amount of time doesn't really help you much. There's a reason we're not sitting here saying, you know, Sam Haggerty should be signed to a six-year, $100 million contract because his 145 WRC plus, what does it really mean? So it's one of those things where, uh, you know, there, there's certainly arguments for Adley. And, and I think, you know, most years Adley would win it. Just Julio's 2020, he's got 20 doubles. He's got, you know, played plus defense at a premium position. He's He should have won the Derby. He was an all-star. Um, and now he's going to be the best player on the team that, that, you know, breaks the longest playoff drought. In North American sports, um, and you know, we, we should, in fairness, we should throw Stephen Kwan into this discussion. He's been very good all season long, just pretty much like Julio, but uh, it's just a little less impact out of Kwan. So it's a really good year for rookies in the American League. Bobby Witt Jr. has had a pretty decent year as well. Uh, George Kirby's also had a very, very nice year. So there's going to be a lot of uh, discussion about AL Rookie of the Year. I, th- I think it's a two horse race, but there are actually some guys, you know further down the ballot, seeing who finishes third through 10, I think is as deep as they go. That's going to be pretty interesting too, because you can make a really good case for George Kirby or Bobby Witt Jr. or Jeremy Pena. Um, There's a lot of guys in that three to 10 range who deserve a lot more respect. But in terms of the top, to me, it's Julio. It's it's probably Adley and then Quan. And I think all three of those guys are going to get first place votes somewhere. Colby, this would be a great debate if there was actually a debate to be had. I just don't think that there is one right here. Um, It's Julio. It's Julio. Unequivocally Julio. Yes, there is some arguments to be made for Adley. The the stretch that he's been on since his atrocious first month in the big leagues. And by the way, both of these guys had atrocious first months in the big leagues um, and have just been dominant since then. But... You know, he, he's had a great, great run since his first month in the big leagues. Adley, uh, we're talking about here. Uh, his first month in the big leagues was May 21st through June 21st. He went 207, 277, 337 with one home run, seven doubles, and a triple, and a, one, and a 79 WRC plus during that time. Since then, 279, 397, 502, nine home runs, 22 doubles, 28 RBI, 159 WRC, uh, WRC plus with premium defense at a premium position. That's amazing. There's no question as to you know how he got to 4F4 so quickly. He's been incredible, and he's one of the reasons that the Orioles just won't go away. That said, the voters for these things like highlights. They like numbers. And, Colby, you and I have talked about, you know, uh, or back when Kyle Lewis was up for Rookie of the Year and was competing with Luis Robert, you talked about how usually these Rookie of the Years get, they have a Heisman moment. They have one moment that really stands out that kind of solidifies them as the guy. Kyle Lewis had the catch against the A's and the catch against the Dodgers as well. Julio has the derby and he has some pretty nice defense plays and he has some big home runs and some loud exit velocities, all that. And on top of that, the numbers are just a lot flashier than Adley's as well. 
since his poor month of April, he's slashing 282, 339, 516 with 23 home runs, 18 doubles, three triples, 62 RBI, and 15 stolen bases. So he has more stolen bases, more runs batted in, more home runs. And, you know, as as far as the whole year goes, he has more uh, extra base hits as well. So could Adley catch him? Yes. If Julio goes down the tank over the next three weeks, sure. Could Adley surpass him? Yes. But let's use our brains here, folks. Julio's not going to go down the tank. He's starting to get further and further removed from his wrist injury. He's looking better at the plate. He's had some really nice at-bats as of late. I think he's going to finish out the year strong, put an exclamation point on this run, and put any doubt about him potentially you know, losing this um, out of anyone's minds. So Julio's the guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the Mariners are hoping so because they want that first-round pick uh, that comes with the, uh, the Rookie of the Year award. And it is worth noting that uh, even if Adley does win, Baltimore does not get any draft pick compensation uh, but Adley gets a full year of service time. So if you're an Orioles fan, you probably are, should be rooting for Julio to win this award unless you want to lose Adley Rutschman in free agency one year sooner than you otherwise would have. Uh, don't even get a don't even get a, a draft pick in return. Uh, you got to be on the opening day roster uh, to be eligible for the uh, for the draft pick compensation and rookie of the year voting. And uh, that means, you know, Quan is and, and Julio is, but guys like Adley and Kirby are not. And that's just kind of the way the, the rules are written. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I think, you know, Julio eventually, I think Julio will be the winner. Um, I, just, I don't think it's going to be unanimous or anything like that. I think Adley's going to get plenty of votes. And I, I do think that uh, Quan will even uh, will even grab a, a first place vote or two. Uh, he's had a very good year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's it's great for the game overall, right? Like, this is not uh, to complain or put down any of these other players that are going up against Julio. This is awesome. I love that Adley Rutschman came up and is really good right away. I love that Stephen Kwan basically came out of nowhere. You know, I love that Bobby Witt Jr. has had a pretty solid year as well. Like, you know, that's awesome for the future of our game. The, the, the fact that we have guys that are becoming – you know, the faces of baseball immediately. I just think that, you know, Julio has the chance to be the face of baseball. Adley is more like the Buster Posey, Mike Trout type of superstar where like, you know, people in the game know that he is one of the best, but to the outside world, he's not the most marketable guy. Whereas Julio, I mean, dude reeks of marketability. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, you know, and, and I, I do think there's something to be said that Julio is doing what he's doing at 21 years old. Adley yeah. is, is 24. So true. It's very good. I mean, it's, as well. it's with a ton of a ton more baseball experience than, uh, than Julio, both in college and in the minors. So just one of those things that, you know, we'll see what the voters want to want to uh, care about this year. So there's always that curveball that comes where, one year they care about pitchers wins and the other year they don't. So we don't really know, but I, I do think Julio will win. I think Adley will finish in a close second. And then I, I think Stephen Kwan is third. And then we'll, we'll kind of see where George Kirby lands uh, and Bobby Wood Jr. My guess is those are the top five at the end of the day. Yeah. And to me, you can't use the premium defense argument here either with Adley against Julio because Julio plays as a premium position as well. And he plays it very mm-hmm. well, just like Adley does. Both play up the middle. Uh, they're very comparable players in that sense uh and 
therefore there isn't really an argument that you can uh, or an advantage that either one of those guys can get with the glove and let's be real about it voters aren't going to take defense into account here anyway so it's going to be about you know what they do offensively and Julio just unequivocally has the flashier numbers he has the the numbers that that you know get you on sports center Adley just doesn't this year uh he's a really good ball player though uh just Julio's been a bit better and that's what it is and he should be the rookie of the year this year unless he just completely goes down the tank and Adley has an incredible finish to the season all right so we're gonna stay with awards we're gonna switch gears to manager of the year to me it's a no-brainer that Scott Service is the American League manager of the year and I think really the only competition that he has is uh, another Oriole We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be wet, ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. And with Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. So, Colby, Scott Service has been, I mean, he was deserving of manager of the year last year in my mind. Ended up losing it to Kevin Cash. This year, though, I mean, the guy's going to end the, the longest playoff drought in North American sports. We hear it all the time about this playoff drought. It's the biggest story whenever someone talks about the Seattle Mariners. Might be the biggest story in all of baseball this year. The fact that the drought, barring some sort of collapse, is going to end in the next three or so weeks. And for the guy that leads that charge, that is basically the the face of of ending that drought outside of you know the players right he's got to be the winner here right there should be no question in my mind i think the only competition that he has is brandon hyde of the orioles and that's only if the orioles make the postseason which would be you know ridiculous right no one expected the orioles to make it but also even if they do make it, that's still not as big of an accomplishment as ending the longest playoff drought in major North American professional sports. It's it's Scott Service all day long. Just like it's Julio Rodriguez unequivocally in my mind, it's Scott Service for manager of the year. Do you agree? Uh, I think I'd probably go Tony La Russa. Uh, seems pretty deserving. Um, 
No, actually, I think it, I think it will be Brandon Hyde. Um, unfortunately, Scott missed his shot to win, even though he didn't do anything wrong last year. Um, and now it's it's you know it, it's we see this a lot in the NFL, right? Where like John Schneider doesn't win Executive of the Year the year he takes you know Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner and Bruce Irvin and the Seahawks, you know become this juggernaut that nobody wants to face. They give it to, to somebody else because he drafted Andrew Luck. And then after that, well, of course he's not because he's not eligible for that because we expect him to be good. Well, Scott's kind of going to kind of fall in that category here. Um, even if he ends the playoff drought, I just think that people are going to look at Brandon Hyde and, and manager of the year and all that stuff typically comes down to like, who's the biggest surprise. We all know that, that that's usually what manager of the year is code for. Uh, now last year it wasn't because if it was, Scott would have won it, rightfully so. Uh, so this year, Baltimore has been such a fun story um, that I, I think that you know the national writers will will pick Baltimore um, in this case, and and I think that's a mistake because to me it's you know it's Scott's service, and then it's it's probably a, a gap, and then it's it's Hyde, and then it's probably a gap, and then you know you could throw Kevin Cash in there. He's he's always great. So it's it's one of those things where watch John Schneider. I'm talking about Blue Jays manager, interim manager John <laughs> Schneider, not Seahawks general manager John Schneider. Watch him get votes here after taking over for Charlie Montoyo and oh they're in the they were in a playoff position when Charlie Montoyo got fired. He did nothing. He just kept them in the same yeah. place that they were in. So, yeah, no. Don't yeah. let's let's not give votes to John Schneider. Let's not give votes to Brandon Hyde. This is Scott Services award, man. This is Scott yeah. Services award. It should be, but I don't think it will be. So, we'll we'll see. Uh, um, you know, it's one of those things. I just think that a lot of the time people overthink these things um, and they try to be like, Oh, like who's the biggest surprise. And, and that's what the award has become yeah. again, except for last year when the Mariners were clearly the biggest surprise. And they were like, Oh no, give it to the team that everybody expected to be good. And Kevin Cash team. That's literally the defending AL champions. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Cash is, is a great manager. Don't get me wrong. And, and if it was just yeah. purely based on merit, then he or Bob Melvin would win it basically every year. It's not. It never has been. It's the same reason Belichick's won Coach of the Year like once in his entire career, and he's the best of all time. You know, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, once you have success, it's very hard to kind of crack in with these, uh, you know, like executive and, and manager and support staff awards uh, because it's just expected of you. So the Mariners look like they might win 90 games back-to-back years, certainly going to break the playoff drought this year. Seems like, you know, pretty easy choice, but I just I don't, I don't trust the voters to to get this one right. So I think it actually is going to be Hyde just because for some reason I don't think service has like the I don't know if reputation is the right word. I just feel like he's missing something from the national conversation. Nobody ever mentions him. Nobody brings him up. Uh even, you know, you talk about it's it's Jerry and it's 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 Justin and and you know people sometimes talk more about Manny Acta than they do Scott service. So I don't know. Scott's just kind of this forgotten guy, but uh, no, he definitely deserves to win it this year. I don't think he will, but um, I, I absolutely think he should. And I think he should have won it last year. So it, it's one of those things where should be two in a row for Scott. And I, I think unfortunately he's probably going to go over two. It's just, it's such a shame if that happens because Scott service to me is one of the best culture builders in baseball. 
Um, maybe the the best. You know, of course, we're a little biased. We're not in you know the clubhouses all across the country, but still, it's just you look at the way that that team plays. It plays for one another. The way that they accept new players into the clubhouse without a hitch. Uh, the way that they treat rookies with respect. That all starts with with leadership. That all starts at the top. That starts with Scott Service. That starts with his and Adam McKay's and, and uh, or sorry, Andy McKay's uh, you know philosophy. And how they want things done there. Uh, Jerry Depoto as well. Just everyone in that building and, and how Scott Service leads that and uh, brings that to the players and the way that he delivers that to the players. Um, you know, and obviously not everyone has been a fan of Scott Service. Not everyone that has come into Scott Service's clubhouse has been a fan of how he does things. And, you know, look, there's going to be an audience for everyone and there's going to be haters for everyone. Uh, but Scott Service to me has exemplified what a manager in baseball should be in 2022 because you know look we we do complain about some of the things that he he does on the field some of the you know bullpen decisions that he makes or uh, some of the lineup choices that he makes etc that's you know and that's all warranted but being a manager is goes way beyond putting a lineup together goes way beyond um you know picking the right reliever and the right you know, situation in a, in a game. It's about building a culture. It's about building a welcoming family in that clubhouse. And Scott Service has done that, and then some, um, with flying colors. Like he's just he's 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 the you know he's the leader of all, of all that and in, in baseball to me really like he should be um, you know what every other team looks at when they're looking to hire a manager. I want to check all these boxes that that Scott Service checks, and um, and for that I, I think he should be awarded. He should be nationally recognized uh, with this award. I just like you said, you know, I don't know if if the voters are actually going to see that. I you know, but to me, even the or you know, when you're just stacking up the stories, right? What drives the most content here? It's the Mariners ending the playoff drought, not the Orioles surprisingly making the postseason. Yeah, that's a huge surprise. That's an incredible run that the Orioles are on. And if they're actually able to finish this thing off and catch the Blue Jays or even catch the Mariners, knock on wood, or catch the Rays, what have you, uh, to me, it's, you know, if the Mariners actually in, in the 20 year playoff drought, Scott Service is the guy. It just, that, it should be by default. It should be automatic. That should be like, there should be a clause <laughs> for the voters that it's like, okay, if they, if the Mariners in the drought, we just have to give it to Scott Service. Like, that's the biggest story in baseball to me this year. And if he does that, if he accomplishes that, I just that outrains everything else. That outweighs every single other thing that could possibly happen in baseball this regular season to me. Ty, I do want to confess something here though. I don't okay. care. I know you don't. I know I you don't, don't. I know I, you don't I, care about the award. Yeah. It's it's the uh manager of the year, I, I could not care less. Rookie of the year, fine, whatever. Because I got a guy in the game, sure, but like manager of the year, I don't care. Yeah, but I, but I think it's good for for you know someone like Scott Service to be recognized in that way it's, for for all of his hard work. Yeah, it's nice and for Scott. It's yeah. nice for Scott, but doesn't affect me any, so I don't care. Like it's not even good content. <laughs> like we're gonna do a whole show about Scott Service's best moments because he won manager of the year. No, nah, I don't it's care. A, Right. I hope he wins oh, it. I, I hope he wins it. I just, yeah. if he doesn't, I'm not going to take to Twitter and rampage. <laughs> I'll just say that. Like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, no, I just I think that it's uh, you know, he's very much deserving. They are going to give out the award, whether we like it or not. And I think that he mm-hmm. should win it. All right. So let's move on. Uh, Mitch Hanniger. Uh, is he staying? Is he going this offseason? Obviously, he's coming to the end of his contract. He's going to be a free agent. The Mariners can slap a qualifying offer on him. And we had Ryan Divish on the show a few weeks ago, and he said he didn't think that Mitch Hanniger was interested in coming back. He didn't think that even maybe the Mariners were interested in bringing Hanniger back. But then Jeff Passan of ESPN hopped on 710 Seattle Sports and told those guys over there that he thinks that's pretty much a done deal, that, that Mitch Hanniger is going to be a Mariner in 2023. Whether he accepts the qualifying offer, which would be around $20 million if we're going off of what it was last year and just, you know, uh, taking inflation into account as well. Um, or he could sign, you know, a, a longer term deal with the Mariners as well. Passon believes that either of those things are going to happen um, this this offseason. So. Colby, I know that you have said uh, on multiple occasions over the last month or so that you think this is just something that's going to happen by default, that both of these sides just kind of need each other for 2023. And, um, yeah, so so explain that. Yeah, so you kind of look at uh, where Mitch is at in his career. He's past his 30s. He's uh, dealt with a lot of injuries, including, again, this year missing a majority of the season. Uh, he's an outfielder, a corner outfielder who's not very good out there. Uh, he's certainly not plus, you know, he's, he's a 45 grade glove at best still has a strong arm, still a pretty good athlete, but just not getting the jumps he used to not, not doesn't have an explosive first step. He, he's a guy who should be DHing more than he is, um, for Seattle even right now. So, uh, yeah, you kind of look at that type of player on the market with the injury history, there's just not going to be a lot of people offering him a multi-year deal, um, if any team. Uh, so you kind of look at that and you say, well, if Mitch Haniger is going to get a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal, okay, is it better to do that or is it better for the Mariners to slap the qualifying offer on him um, and for Mitch to come back to a place he knows, he knows the clubhouse, he knows the culture, um, you know, he's a fan favorite, uh, he'll have helped in the first play or the, the longest playoff drought, blah, 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 all of that stuff. Um, and make probably the same amount of money he would on a two-year deal somewhere else. It, it just makes sense. And if you're the Mariners, you know you have to make your offense better. It has to get better. And if you lose your, you know, arguably your best bat or second best bat, whatever you want to, whatever order you want to put them in, uh, not only do you have to go get two more bats on top of what you have right now, now you have to go play, replace Mitch Haniger. So in reality, you need three, you know, above average you know, 120 WRC plus type of bats. Um, and so it's just one of those, and you have to do that on a budget. I mean, the Mariners aren't going to go out and spend ridiculous amounts of money this off season as much as we might want them to. They're not. So it just makes sense for the Mariners to bring back Kaniger. Uh, it, it's one less item they need on their shopping list. Um, it's a guy who's established in that clubhouse. He's a leader in that clubhouse. He's well-liked in the, in the community. It's just kind of a no brainer for them on a short-term basis. Um, and for Mitch, he's just probably not going to get that many opportunities. So when you kind of look at it, even if the Mariners want to move on from Hanniger, even if Hanniger wants to move on from the Mariners, I don't think there's going to be an opportunity for both sides to to get what they want here. Um, and therefore, I kind of think that we're, what we're looking at is a marriage out of necessity for the 2023 season. Because if Mitch can come back, be healthy next year, produce, then he might go get his three-year you know, or maybe his four year, whatever, like Marcelo Zuna type of deal that maybe he wants, but he's not going to get that this winter. 
Um, at least it's, it seems highly unlikely. So the Mariners need Mitch Haniger. Mitch Haniger needs the Mariners. And it's the two sides just, it feels like they have to make something work here because I mean, why wouldn't you? It just, it makes too much sense for these two sides to figure out something on a short-term basis. It feels like even with the the success that Haniger has had when he's been healthy over the last couple of years, that the injury history is going to be a major cause for concern in negotiations with teams. Um, and therefore that's going to lead to a lot of one-year offers. And if he has the qualifying offer attached to him, which I can't imagine a world where it isn't attached to him, the Mariners would be stupid not to place the qualifying offer on him, whether or not you think he's a $20 million player or what have you. It's a one-year deal. It doesn't matter. The Mariners should slap that qualifying offer on him because if he does pick up and leave, um, you know, you get a draft pick out of that at least. Yep. Uh, but um, if the qualifying offer is on him, and with the injury history, he could be the next Michael Conforto. Like yep. he could end. Up, I could very well see Mitch Hanniger going into spring training, maybe even the regular season without a team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, Michael Conforto this year, and of course he got hurt. Or at right. least Scott Boris claims but that he got hurt. Conforto is a better player than Hanniger. Yeah, and he got nothing this off season. He wanted five and a hundred. Nobody gave it to him. You know, he didn't take the qualifying offer. I think he got tendered the qualifying offer. Didn't take it. And then he got hurt, apparently, um, training. And that kind of ended his market. Well, with a guy with Mitch Haniger's injury history, getting hurt while training seems like something that's a very realistic scenario that he has to be worried about. So I just think, you know, Michael Conforto is the cautionary tale here. Um, and Mitch Haniger is not really at a stage where he can afford to lose a year. Uh, sitting around doing nothing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you because Conforto didn't really have these injury issues until this offseason. So, to me, you know, I think Conforto is a cautionary tale. If the Mariners tender the qualifying offer, I think Mitch should immediately take it. Um, if they don't, which I suppose is possible, they think they can get him for cheaper, um, then, you know, Mitch can go out and get what he can. But I, I really doubt that he's going to get anything more than two years at, you know, 20 22 million dollars i really don't think it's going to be worth all that much um and if you're mitch again you know you want two and 22 or do you want one and 15 and you go to that one team that you know is going to compete you know that you're you're established there you know everything about that organization the familiarity factor is just off the charts there so it's one of those things that to me if, if hanniger or or the mariners just decide that this isn't worth it and they hanniger just sits out there or the mariners don't put the qualifying offer on him it means that there is some real, uh, like, actual tension between these two sides, and and it's it's more Kyle Seeger than than we want it to be or we expect it to be. So because the Mariners under there was no circumstance whatsoever that the Mariners would bring back Kyle Seeger, um, and really no circumstance where Seeger would come back with the Mariners. So just one of those things where you know it's kind of similar, both beloved by the community, but a lot of friction behind the scenes. Uh, something the Mariners would never divulge and, and, you know, we learned about from other means. So, you know, that's kind of the only scenario where I see, you know, Mitch Haniger not being back in Seattle is that the Mariners view him as such a distraction that they just, they don't care about anything else he brings. And I just, I don't think Mitch is that guy, but I've been fooled before. So we'll see. 
All right, well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tide Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Now, for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.